Hello friends, welcome back to We Are Movies. I'm Johnny Mockney once again, and I hope everyone's having a really happy October um, to uh, go with the spooky theme of the last episode. Uh, I decided to delve into one of my favorite horror franchises, uh, the Saw movies. And I did this with a very good friend of mine named Braden Cooley. I couldn't have done it without him because we might be uh, two of the most dedicated soft fans you'll ever meet. Um, so this was a lot of fun. Ideally, we could go on forever. We could record an audio commentary on every single film, but we just didn't have that kind of time. I hope you'll forgive me with the fact that uh, we could only record an hour and 45 minute long podcast instead. And um, I hope that you uh, can find it in you to uh, buckle, buckle down and listen to the entire thing. So uh, that being said, uh, please welcome uh, my guest, Braden Cooley, in this very special episode of We Are Movies. Okay, we're rolling. Braden Cooley, thank you for being here. Oh yeah, of course. It's I'd- not a problem. It's my pleasure, honestly. I appreciate it. Um, we're here uh, because you begged me. <laughs> yeah, on my uh, hands and knees, I begged thoroughly you. Uh, to be a part of my podcast. And I said, usually I don't talk to people as uh, as you know non-famous as you are. Right. You know, I'm not a I'm not a comic. I'm not a you know. A, a you're not a well. You you're an entertainer. I guess you're an actor. Yeah. That's how we know each other. Exactly. How long have we been friends? Well, we met um, when we were doing the um, classic uh, musical Loserville. Loserville um, at Oklahoma's High School. Yeah, that was when we met for the first time, and we became friends. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We became friends after that um, sophomore year. I tried out for your uh, your play. The play that I wrote and directed. Yes. Yeah. The bear, and the bear you and were in it. Three stories up. You did very well. Yeah. Um, you didn't win an award for that one, but you won an award I did. the next year. You I did? didn't. I didn't win. No, no, I didn't. I yeah. did not win an award for playing a you know country hick. Country hick, because um, the role just came so naturally to you. It, right, it but then I had a really um, you know a lot of trouble playing the role that I did get an award for. The only role that I've ever gotten an award for, which was playing um, a dumb stoner in Holden Sandy's show. <laughs> yeah, one best supporting actor. Uh, one best supporting actor for yeah. playing a dumb stoner. Uh, yep. What was his name? Do you remember? Was it Ryan? Oh, or something? Uh, I believe that was what it was. Ryan. Ryan? Okay. Ryan Murray or something. Like Ryan Murray. The uh, last names didn't matter. They never got mentioned in the show. But <laughs> did they really? <laughs> no, he made he made last names for all of the characters. Well, what's important is the world building. Exactly. I really liked uh, when we did Loserville, the classic musical Loserville. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> that everyone. The world loves. famous Oscar Tony winning. <laughs> I wish uh, Oscar winning Broadway production Loserville. Uh, all of the characters in that had last names. Uh, mm-hmm. None of which were, I think, were. So nope. my, I played a character named Huey, who had the last name uh, Phillips, I think. Huey Phillips. That sounds about. Yeah, right. and then there was like a Wayne Pagoda. Like they were very well thought out last names uh, that I can only assume is to a testament of the, uh, you know, the genius world building uh, that comes naturally to people who would write the musical Loserville. <laughs> um, you can't see Braden's face, but he's smiling at my sarcasm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we're here because it's uh, it's spooky Halloween season. Spooky season, we're, my favorite time of the year. Mine too. We're Talking just over. about one of my favorite 
franchises. Horror franchises of all time. Of course. Saw. Yeah, well, I think this is something we bonded over quite Definitely. strongly. Definitely. Probably one of the first things, actually, you showed me Saw for the first time. I did, yes. Um, I had a vested interest in it. Um, uh, it's kind of... Um, when I was first getting into horror movies, sure. Because kind of, you weren't always a horror fan. No, right? I wasn't. I was actually it's kind of funny, and people are surprised when they hear this about me. But um, I was uh, scared shitless of everything <laughs> when I was a child. Everything. I was scared of dogs, which is really surprising because I absolutely adore dogs now. But I was scared of everything when I was a child. And uh, when I got into about middle school, I want to say I started getting a little bit. I started having more of an interest in things that were scary and horror mm-hmm. kind of gore things. Um, uh, which, funny enough, started with my interest for the TV show Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Yes. Um, because in Doctor Who they have, I mean, it's a very sci-fi fantasy show. Mm-hmm. And they, but they introduce elements of horror um, a little bit. Um, and there are certainly some scary episodes where they introduce new aliens or new characters that um, have right. those, those sort of like suspenseful, scary aspects to it. I've seen dinosaurs on a spaceship. I yeah. Know. No, no. <laughs> that one definitely. Speaking of spooky. Um, <laughs> imagine if there were dinosaurs on a spaceship. Imagine yeah, how horrifying. Honestly, I was terrified of that. Situation. And that's really what made me uh, made my interest <laughs> in the horror. But, you know, after that... Um, it kind of uh, I was kind of interested in those in those certain episodes that were that were deemed uh, scary, and um, I got into my freshman year. I started watching the TV show Supernatural, which was um, which is an interesting TV show. So were you a Super Who lock? I I I was a Super Who. Oh, okay. Not the lock. Yeah. Because that the lock part, the Sherlock the lock part, part is, tends to be the most popular. Uh, tends to be the most popular and is, right. I'd probably say, safely say, is the best part of the Super Who <laughs> lock um, <laughs> and that's so, the one that I never watched. The one to be the least ashamed yeah, of. Yeah, <laughs> Sherlock was probably the one that um, was the most critically um, actually celebrated uh, show out of all those, and um, it sure. was the one that I never watched, and I still haven't watched to this day, so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then after that, I slowly kind of, um, slowly kind of, uh, developed an interest for all things horror, and, right. um, I didn't really get into gory horror stuff until I saw Saw. And until you saw Saw. Until I saw Saw, and you what? showed me Saw. We sh- I'm pretty sure we watched Saw 1 and 2 in one night. I think we just watched Saw We might together. have just watched it. And then you, and then I lent you the rest. Uh, here in front of me is the, uh, incredibly cheap... Blu-ray collection that I got of the first seven films mm-hmm. at the time when there were only seven films, um, and uh, it has absolutely no special features. Um, <laughs> the the transfer, I guess they call it Blu-ray, but you can uh, physically see uh, not just grain but like hairs in the, <laughs> the, the like in the gate. Um, but uh, I think that's there's a there's a charm to that. I would not want to see saw any other. I would not want to see saw any other way. Yeah, um, I agree. I have to agree with that. <laughs> but uh, I want to know uh, when we when I first saw the the reason we're specifically doing this now is because saw is a horror franchise that uh, you wouldn't think would be associated with Halloween. There's nothing particularly Halloweeny about it except for the fact that it became like a Halloween tradition for seven years straight mm-hmm. since the first one came out. The trailers would say, um, like, 
if it's Halloween, it must be Saw, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, yeah, of course. If it's Halloween, it must yeah, be Saw. It was kind of forced onto us that, that um, <laughs> it Saw was, was going to be associated with Halloween, even though it has virtually nothing to do with Halloween. It was a non-consensual cultural yeah. uh, acceptance. <laughs> it was just like, okay, I guess it's a Halloween thing. And every, every October for seven years... Uh, a Saw movie came out and it was just like it was the big thing and they were it was a hit franchise and I, I would say it defined a generation of horror movies yeah honestly I would have to agree the, with the torture porn genre which has died down now was a you know everyone was doing Saw like Hostel was a big thing mm-hmm. yeah um, not to say that Eli Roth ripped that off. I think that you know he he had his own inspirations too. But I mean that that made it marketable, like that kind of movie. Um, so when but the interesting thing is with the first Saw, I think you and I can both agree is actually a good movie. It is unlike the rest of the Saw movies, <laughs> which is something you told me probably before I even watched any of the movies. Sure, was that you thought that the first one was an actually legitimately good movie, and yes. the rest of them just kind of went downhill from there. Downhill and uphill. Downhill, <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. Um, downhill in quality, uphill in pure, um, unadulterated just... Enjoyment. Enjoyment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, perverse enjoyment. It, exactly, I can't um, it any other way. And I think uh, <laughs> it, it's, it is a thing where, like, as the movies sequentially get worse, they just keep rising in, like, in terms of just satisfaction <laughs> yeah um, uh, more gore more creative ways to kill people oh yeah um and uh which is interesting because that first movie has very little gore yeah in comparison to everything else it's oh, mostly yeah. off-screen intentionally they skip through a lot of violence like they'll allude to certain traps that you don't completely see or you see it in a really jumbled <laughs> scattershot oh yeah the, the the famous um uh Honestly, iconic um, way that that saw shoots these um, murder trap scenes oh. where they kind of you know, yeah, this scattered kind of just people screaming, heads flying everywhere. And, <laughs> it's it's what and it's what I think uh, a less enlightened film snob would call bad editing, <laughs> <laughs> but. I don't think it's bad if it's entirely intentional. Like, do you realize how hard it is to make a movie look like the Saw movies? Like, <laughs> everything, everything is just so overproduced in, in how edit, how it's edited, in the color palettes. Because eventually these movies are just, like, so green. They're just doused yeah. in green. Um, and it's so gross to look at. <laughs> like, it looks like you're looking into, like, a, like an old used toilet bowl. Yeah, <laughs> every Saw movie... Um, up to actually, honestly, I think Jigsaw was probably the only one that kind of strayed from that. Yeah, Jigsaw, and we'll get to that because Jigsaw, I think, uh, made a lot of creative choices that made <laughs> it stand choices. out. Yeah. Um, and then in some ways made it very similar. <laughs> but oh, yeah. uh, that first Saw movie is directed by James Wan, mm-hmm. <clears throat> who's a great director, I think, in terms oh, yeah. of like making just like solid genre movies. Uh, most of his movies are good. I love, uh, I like those two Conjuring movies that he did. I'm not big on the wider Conjuring universe, but I like the two that he directed. Oh, yeah, those were very good. Uh, the first one, I think Conjuring is probably, I'd have to say, is my favorite horror movie. Really? Yeah. Um, to date, to as of yet, I still have yet to watch um, more classic horror movies, but... Sure. Um, Conjuring... As, as of now, that one is definitely my favorite. I think Conjuring has a nice kind of middle ground between, like, there's parts of it that harken back to, like the classical 70s style of horror, like The Omen or The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, 
uh, slow moving. There's obviously some like Amityville horror in it, but then it also has the you know that modern like um, sinister, insidious like Blumhouse style of horror too, yeah. which is a fun combination. It's like this, uh, it's a melding of these two different eras, and I think that's where James Wan's like really read up on these kinds of movies, and he's unapologetically a genre director. Like he's not trying oh, to win Oscars or anything, or like fool you into thinking he's a different kind of director. Yeah, <laughs> which I enjoy. I mean, um, honestly, the only exception to that would really, I think, be Aquaman. I mean, honestly, yeah. I'm surprised that I'm, I'd be surprised if that you know didn't get Aquaman for Oscars. <laughs> Aquaman, so, which, by the way, is the greatest movie of all time. Um, um, did you see Aquaman? Oh, I definitely okay. saw Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid and horrible, uh, but yeah. also <laughs> like the the way that it embraces like the '80s action movie feeling of that. Like mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren's in the movie. Like, nobody casts Dolph Lundgren in a movie and just, like, expects you to take it seriously. Uh, but then there's things in that visually where you're like, oh, yeah, he's a horror director. He's great. Like, there's that part when they're in the sea and there's the monsters or whatever was happening. I I don't really remember the order of events or why things were happening. I was very jumbled. I, I felt like I was on drugs when I was watching that movie. I just, I just remember um, a lot of conversations got interrupted by explosions. That's yeah. what stands out. That's, yeah. Yeah, and Jason Momoa is just, like, a beast. He's just... He's, he's an this, animal masquerading as a human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't... I was surprised when he got cast as uh, Aquaman and right. his, his first his, uh, his first appearance <laughs> in Justice League, which was... Um, well, doesn't it feel like, an in a way, they're overcompensating? Because uh, Aquaman, culturally, is like a joke. He's I have like to this... say, yeah, because he was definitely introduced in the, uh, you know... <laughs> back in the... the 60s or 70s? Yes. Like riding on fish. Riding on fish. Very, like the tight fitting. Using like spandex, tuna like, fish as like, like, <laughs> like jet skis or something. Yeah, like he was like a little effeminate. Uh, a little which, bit, yeah. Which I would, I would appreciate if they just went full farce with the modern Aquaman. Instead <laughs> of trying to overcompensate and make him extremely like just manly in every conceivable way. Really good looking, muscular, yeah. badass, but. Make yeah. him like an offensive 90s gay character. <laughs> like caricature kind of like flamboyant like like best friend of jennifer lopez in a romantic comedy kind of character uh i think that would be wonderful i want to see sean hayes from will and grace play play aquaman, aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> um uh anyway and directly tie in with the with the show will and grace honestly exactly oh, like yeah, a, yeah. kind of a side thing it'd be a spinoff a spinoff yeah, yeah. um but yeah, the first Saw movie is good. Uh, there's parts of it that I think are intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the two lead actors in this movie are Carrie Elways and Lee Winnell, who is the screenwriter of the movie, um, who also worked with James Wan a bunch of times. They did Insidious together and mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. And um, Carrie Elways is a great actor, I think. I love Carrie Elways. Uh, he's he's just genre fans you know he's he's dr gordon he's wesley from the princess bride Mm -hmm. he's robin hood men in tights Mm -hmm. uh all the great classic characters liar liar exactly (laughs) stepdad from liar liar the the, the claw that guy yeah yeah um and his American accent's a little wonky. <laughs> you have two two actors in this movie that are not American playing Americans. So he's he's not American, and he's like his his accent gets a little weird. Sometimes he's very hammy. I like when he's getting cold and, and he's talking like this. And he's like, uh, there's a part where he answers the phone and he's just like, 
like, where are you, you son of a bitch? And it's his wife, and she's like, <laughs> and she's just, she's like, uh, uh, Oh, what? oh, she's like Larry, and he's like Hallie, and he just like his demeanor changes really quickly. He, it was really surreal seeing Carriola's in Saw because up to that point, I'd only ever seen him in more comedic roles, right? Um, or like, I mean, I wouldn't say Princess Bride was was. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, comedic. It's, it's comedic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then obviously Robin Hood and Tights. He's very comedic in that, and Liar Liar. Um, he's very much of a he's a strange character. In Liar Liar. <laughs> um, and then. Um, uh, one of my actually favorite roles that he's done was uh, when he showed up in a couple of different episodes of the um, the show Psych. Oh, he was on Psych. He was on Psych, and he played an art thief. Oh, so he was a villain. So he was a villain. Yes, that's, that's um, good. But guess. he was one of those like kind of suave villains, and he didn't. He did his natural you know accent for that, and he was kind of one sure. of those suave villains where um, where Sean and Gus or Sean really mainly kind of praised him for being so like suave and like and and cool and in a way and kind of. Uh, even though you know they're trying to catch him and you know and turn him in, but at the end of each episode that he appeared and he always managed to get away and it was kind of a reoccurring reoccurring okay. thing. Um, I do like Psych. I haven't watched enough of it. Um, there's a lot of great character actors and stuff that show up in Psych. Oh, too. definitely yeah. a lot of really a lot good of great stars. Uh, guest stars in that uh, show. Ray Wise from Twin Peaks is a recurring mm, he character. Just, yep, on that he show. shows up as the um, um, the pastor. Priest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, oh, by the way, can I interest you in some uh, some totally not spiked uh apple cider oh definitely okay i i'm i'm very curious i'm gonna pour this completely non-spiked uh apple cider with absolutely zero percent alcohol into uh, both of these halloween themed cups and uh we'll Uh, drink some yes while we uh discuss the saw movies uh and that's appropriate because we will want some in our system some cider in some our system. Cider in our system. Uh, while we start talking about some of these sequels, <laughs> but um, so Saw uh, also has Danny Glover, who is great in the movie. I always forget that, that Danny Glover is in that. Danny Glover also great actor who does make some really hammy decisions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after his character gets his throat cut. Uh, by the way, there's gonna be spoilers for all the songs. Well, yeah. Uh, um, he after he gets his throat cut, he he talks like, 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 like it's just like this weird like it's a choice, you know. <laughs> and it's it's like, an interesting choice. I understand why you need to, and it's it is goofy. And he does his character becomes hyper obsessed. He's like the rogue retired cop who just can't let the case go because his partner died, right? And so one of the many of those characters in uh, in the Saw franchise. Yeah, um, we don't keep Danny Glover, but we keep that archetype of a character <laughs> as the series goes on. And so, um, uh, and then Lee Winnell, I will say, kind of a bad actor. Uh, <laughs> kind of a bad, yeah. He doesn't act much um, in other movies. This is easily his most prominent role. He's maybe like the main character of the movie, and you can tell it's his most prominent role. Yeah, Adam, and he's like, like he's. There's things about his performance that I think are iconic and great. Like there's, like at the end when he's screaming and the door shutting, like that's an iconic shot of his face. Oh yeah, like and that re- and that's a thing that kind of defines part of the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. When you get that kind of door slamming, screaming kind of the ending, game over game, moment. The game over moment exactly. When they're like, "Wow, we have this classic ending to the movie." Um, what are we going to do for the other movies? Just to have the same ending <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't think they should have done that any other way, honestly. If it was done yeah, differently, I, I don't think that. I would have been as interested in this. The exact franchise. same music cue, the exact <laughs> same line. The, I mean, the ending of this movie is 
actually great, mm-hmm. I think, because it's it's legitimately surprising if you're not familiar with the franchise. Um, it introduces us to Tobin Bell, who eventually becomes the best thing about these movies, um, and <laughs> it's. Uh, it's because the movies. I think what makes the movie work is its simplicity as a mystery, and oh, yeah. and uh, it's it does have a lot of style to it. I like the way that the violence is handled. I like the it's it's kind of clever. You know, it's just mm-hmm. clever enough. It's not like trying to go all Christopher Nolan on you, but right. it's you know it's just clever enough. It's just stupid enough. Um, it's just cheesy enough, uh, and it, it and they do like. It's like a fine, like, serial killer thriller from the early 2000s. Yeah. Right? And so the twist at the end, I think, is perfect. It's a perfect cherry on top ending. The movie still works on its own for that reason, Mm -hmm. uh, just because it still leaves you with so many questions. But, you know, the reveal that Tobin Bell is this guy who previously established in the movie has cancer. You see him in, like, one shot, and he's a patient of Carrie Elway's, of Dr. Gordon's. And when he gets up off the floor, it's like, legitimately horrifying like and and like and surprising to people because you think he's just this dead body the whole time did you did you know that was coming when you saw the movie um no i didn't actually um and honestly i didn't really catch on to these um you know these plot twist endings um probably until about the third one (laughs) um the first one because yeah no the first one i i didn't i uh genuinely did not see it coming and then after that i kind of noticed a similar um Connection between all the different uh, plot twists, which was kind of just this way of weirdly connecting all of the different movies and all the different <laughs> right. recurring characters. This and, person was here the whole time. Yeah, this person ended up working for John Kramer. <laughs> oh boy, let's see what happens in the next movie. Turns out John Kramer's a very persuasive boss. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, honestly, it was one of the most one of the most uh, twist endings that I just thought was 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 interesting more than anything was when the, um, that woman who got put in. The very first trap that we see in the saw, the first saw movie, Amanda. The, Amanda. Yes, yeah, the reverse bear the trap, reverse which bear is trap. probably the most iconic. The most thing. iconic, exactly, the, the most yeah. iconic trap. And then she gets put in another trap at uh, in the second movie. Yes. And and then it's revealed that she is, was working for John Kramer. Yeah, and it makes you rethink that. And it, yeah, first movie and <laughs> like it, it all just everything connects. Everything has to connect. Every plot song. twist makes you rethink the other movies, but not in like well, a not in like a like a mind blowing kind of way. <laughs> it's more of like a what the fuck happened. And like, I think the best thing the the thing about this movie that will forever the, the thing about this franchise that will forever make me obsessed with it is the fact that so much thought was put into all these sequels and how the story was going to connect, how the twists were going to work out, how mm-hmm. all the characters were going to come back. Uh, but everyone who saw these movies just came for people getting ripped open and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, nobody cares about <laughs> all of, like, the attention to all the intricacies of this plot and how it keeps unraveling. <laughs> nobody, I know Saw fans, none of them give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't even know who Amanda is, if you ask them. They're like, oh, is that what the one girl who was crazy? <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> nobody remembers the names of the, the, the characters and how they fit into the story. They just, they're just, most fans are just there for the gore and and honestly that's I mean it's one of the biggest appeals to the franchise oh. ends up becoming one of the biggest appeals to the franchise of course yeah the gore. well what, what you lack in writing you make up for in gore or, or what you lack in, in filmmaking prowess <laughs> you, <laughs> you make up for in gore which which is um I yeah so I just to kind of close out the conversation about how the first movie is good 
Um, <laughs> you know, that twist works at the end. Um, the game over line, the way the da 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 Iconic score for that, for the Saw franchise. There, yeah, and uh, and it leaves you with some questions. You don't know if Dr. Gordon survives. You don't know if uh, uh, um, Adam survives, which eventually you learn both of those things much later. Much later. <laughs> in the franchise. Uh, but yeah, I think the f- first movie works, and for the most part, after this, James Wan was a producer on all of them, or executive producer, which essentially yeah, he only directed the first one, didn't he? Yes, which essentially means he had nothing to do with the movies. Yeah. Um, and then Lee Winnell, I think, wrote the second and third, and then pretty much became the same thing as James Wan. They mm-hmm. put his name on them, but had nothing to do with them. I think they even like have kind of denounced the sequels, or they just kind of make fun of them. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, like we don't, <laughs> like, like we don't really care for like blood and guts and movies uh <laughs> so like yeah the saw sequels <laughs> we didn't, we didn't yeah those were a thing i guess <laughs> um, happened. but the second movie which is kind of begins the trends of what the sequels become i think this movie is interesting because it's not as bad as the other movies which makes it a little less entertaining mm-hmm. but you you probably get the most screen time and the most to do for tobin bell yeah, um, what I really appreciate about the second Saw movie is the role that Tobin Bell has in that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I, like you said before, he's easily he's easily the best part of the franchise. Right. It's Tobin Bell. His performance is uh, has uh, John Kramer slash Jigsaw. Um, and yeah, and Saw Two, it's 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 really cool to actually see him all these different monologues and dialogue he has between. Um, right. The main detective character, and played that, by Donnie Wahlberg, played by Donnie Wahlberg, the great Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, <laughs> which um, I, I think this movie is is funny in that regard because it's like they're trying to do their Silence of the Lambs thing. Like it's <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg's got to like interrogate Jigsaw, right? But th- they don't have any of the intelligence of the people who made Silence of the oh, Lambs. Oh no, no, no! So it really just amounts to Donnie Wahlberg freaking out and breaking things and punching Jigsaw in the face. <laughs> Honestly, not to not to not straying too far from Family Tree there with. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, somewhere, somewhere, I don't know. They just their career choices. They stemmed off when they went into movies. Mark did Boogie Nights, and uh, Donnie did uh, Saw Two. Saw so, Two. Where did it all go wrong, Donnie? <laughs> um, but you could have been in Transformers: The Dark Knight, or The Last Night, or whatever that was. I don't even remember the name of it. You could have, yeah, yeah. You could have been in The Happening. The, yeah, talking about bees so like <laughs> hey guys you know that article in new york times about all the bees that are dying <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't have been nearly as iconic but no. um <laughs> uh yeah so uh he punches jigsaw in the face a lot like a lot of the scenes amount to jigsaw just like of him just being like hey you know where's my son and all this stuff mm-hmm. and then jigsaw being like do you know why <laughs> like, do, do you know why pigs are the most noble animals? He's like, shut up! And like, punches him. Jigsaw That's... never answers his question. <laughs> it's the whole movie. It's like, Jigsaw with these wonderful rehearsed monologues and Donnie Wahlberg interrupting him with a punch to the face. Hell yeah. I feel uh... like they gave the script to, um, to Tobin Bell and it was just a script, just of his monologues. And they were like... <laughs> At this point, we're going to point to you and you're going to do the monologue. Right. But, but, and it doesn't matter what happened before, what anyone says to you. You're just going to do this monologue. And he was like, all right, cool. Well, apparently, Donald <clears throat> Bell ended up rewriting a lot of his dialogue eventually. Because he had just complete ownership of this character, really. And, and like, 
and it kind of stands out because it's the best written stuff in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, uh, you know, sometimes his philosophy is a little contradictory to to the plot, but um, <laughs> it's it's intriguing dialogue. Tobin Bell is a genuinely, um, uh, um. Like, he's a really compelling actor. Uh, and I, I met Tobin Bell one time. I want to mention this in the podcast. I met him at a, at a convention. My my Blu-ray collection of these movies here is signed uh, for, for Johnny from Tobin Bell, in quotes, Jigsaw. And then the, the date, 8-18-18. Um, and uh, I wanted to talk to him. I, I didn't want to just be the 11,000th person to talk to him about the jigsaw about the saw movies so i was just i brought up the movie this movie he was in called the firm with tom cruise and i was like oh i really liked you in the firm and we talked a little bit about like sydney pollock and stuff and uh he touched my hand and looked me in the eye and said an actor is only as good as the movie he's in and uh i i didn't say this to him but i was like no, you're living proof. <laughs> you're living proof of the fact that that's not true. Because you're in the Saw movies, and you're better than all of those movies. <laughs> but it's so great that he's in these movies. Because to a certain extent, he kind of makes them as great and memorable as they are. Yeah. Um, and so Saw 2 introduces all these other things. Amanda, who was in the reverse bear trap in the first movie, is mm-hmm. now an accomplice. Uh, which... I always thought she was really good in the first Saw movie. Like, in her yeah. couple scenes, she you genuinely buy her as this, like, drug addict who, you know, is just uh, with, like, P- PTSD from what happened. Right. Um, and then when she has to start playing, like, a psycho woman... That's like, where it kind of mm. goes... <laughs> it becomes unbelievable at that point. Yeah. Um, there, there's some good traps in this movie, though. There's oh, some, yeah. There's some solid ones. And yeah. this is the one... I This is the one where, um, after this movie, and then I watched Saw 3, I kind of realized that... The Saw movie started taking on this kind of um, this kind of uh, form where it was kind of it was following these people stuck in this room or a person stuck in a series of rooms having to do these different traps, mm-hmm. and then there was like the other part of the story, which was the detective trying to find trying to find where the traps are happening or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, there's some there's some good ones. Um, some really uh, there's the the pit of uh, the pit of needles. Oh yeah, that's oh. Uh, and Amanda gets pushed in. Eventually, when you find out at the end that she's in on the whole thing, you're like, was that part of the plan? Did she know that <laughs> was going to happen? Because I I would have not signed up. For that. <laughs> uh, but that, that's one thing is like some of the acting is pretty good in these movies when people are in pain. Like you buy the pain. Mm-hmm. Like you genuinely believe that this is happening to people sometimes. Um, and uh, there's one guy just loses it, and his. I love. They have to like look at the numbers on the backs of people's heads, right? And like he's he just kind of like starts looking at the backs of everybody's heads, and then like eventually has to cut the number off the back of his head. And uh, one of my favorite moments in all the Saw movies is that he like cuts it off, and it's this really crazy scene with the camera moving around and the editing and the the music <laughs> the classic saw music and then he like looks at the skin flap that he just cut off his head and then puts it in his pocket <laughs> which i always what well, was like oh it's for later you know <laughs> just say this for later just in case <laughs> what know. am i gonna do like leave it here um and uh you know the kid performance isn't bad um it's surprisingly pretty good for this you know this cheap of a movie, <laughs> right? Right. It's, there, there ends up end up being some surprising uh, performances. Really, really mm-hmm. moments of these yeah. movies where you end up seeing, oh wow, that's kind of a. I didn't really expect that to be 
that uh, genuine, I guess. But yeah, and Donnie Wahlberg, I'll bust his balls forever, but uh, for being Donnie Wahlberg, but he's pretty good at this. You know, he's he's not a bad actor. Um, in the in the the times he was given the chance to act, <laughs> he was <laughs> in movies. Um, but yeah, and then so after this movie, it kind of goes down this uh, this crazy decline. You start introducing all these like if you went from Saw One to Saw Three D, you would just be like. Y- your brain would fry yeah. the amount of people and storylines that they introduce <laughs> um, you know Saw 3 the conclusion to the trilogy sort of you, g- you get the feeling that they wanted the movies to end there because uh, they f- kill off Jigsaw at the end right? and uh, <laughs> and they're like oh yeah this will be the end of course it will be but then that one has eventually like the morals start getting really weird because the third one's like you're t- feeling too bad about the death of your son <laughs> and that's like <laughs> that's the reason the guy is get over it like right. come on <laughs> like I see a lot of interviews with people making the movies like the whole thing about Jigsaw is he's not really a bad guy he teaches people lessons and it's like <laughs> yeah don't grieve the death of your son or else I'll make you <laughs> I'll make you you know like I'll torture you for forever and probably kill you <laughs> like <laughs> um but uh it's 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 fun the, the, honestly the the third movie the stuff that's the hardest to look at is like when cuz Jigsaw's dying of cancer right and the doctor lady has to like do, he kidnaps the woman to yes. kind of, and forces her to uh, to operate on him she has like a thing on her neck that's like if, if Jigsaw dies it's going to just like shoot a bunch of guns in her face it's like, like it's like connected to his heart monitor where yeah. if he go if he flatlines then it kind of pretty much explodes in her face explodes and blows her, head. her head, head off yeah, yeah. um so uh, there's this ticking clock element to the movie as the traps are also happening with this guy whose son died and you know we get more twists it turns out the doctor lady is his wife um and uh but the the whole um the part where she's actually she's like operating on his head uh is that that part's like very clinical and real and that one's kind of hard to watch maybe like kind of, honestly know. the hardest parts to watch of this were the parts where there were like surgeries like in the fourth movie was yeah. the beginning the opening scene where they're the autopsy the yeah. autopsy scene on john kramer and it's very it's kind of hard to watch compared to all the other gore and stuff where people's arms and heads and legs get ripped off and intestines you know ripped out of their bodies and whatnot and the hardest part about it is watching surgery (laughs) yeah yeah um in this movie we also get very briefly introduced to Hoffman who will become one of the big characters Hoffman becomes probably one of the one of the biggest characters in the whole software yes and then also to uh, Jill Tuck who is uh, Jigsaw's wife he has a couple brief like flashes of her in his mind Mm -hmm. while he's on his uh, deathbed Um, and that's the end of Tobin Bell playing like a a big role in these movies, but he manages to show up in all of them. He shows up in all the movies through flashbacks and um, mainly <laughs> mainly uh, when it gets to the plot twist where, where you realize that this person has been working with Jigsaw the whole time. Right. And then um, it shows flashbacks to how he managed to, um, I guess, hire them. Right. Because to, to eventually the same twist happens at the end of all the movies after this, which is, this person was working with Jigsaw the whole time, too! Very um, original, creative <laughs> Turns out the entire town was just working with Jigsaw. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then Saw 4, I'll say, is probably my least favorite out of all these movies. I don't know about you. It has a fun twist. 
which is, uh, if you don't remember the twist, the twist is that all of Saw 4 is taking place during Saw 3, which is right. wild. You just, the guy in the traps from the third movie just shows up, and you're like, oh. Like, it's a, the, the reveal that it's a, of the twist is really strange, because you just see him, and you're like, oh, I thought he was dead. What's he doing? <laughs> what is this scene? And you're like, well, wait a minute. And, like, it just, it's very abrupt, and, like, if... If it had been an entire year since you saw Saw 3, <laughs> it might have actually just confused you to Confused death. the hell out of you, yeah. <laughs> also, because the movie begins with the autopsy of, of John Kramer, and then the reveal at the end is, oh, the autopsy actually happened at the end of the movie. So the scene you saw at the beginning actually happens after the events of this movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, um... And then this, there's a whole lesson in that where it's like this cop who opens too many doors. It's like, yeah, you never go into an unsecured door. And then the whole lesson is like, oh, don't go through that door or else Donnie Wahlberg's going to get his head squished <laughs> by giant ice things. And <laughs> and I can't remember, what was the what was the motivation of the cop in this movie? Um, well, th- what's interesting is he's not actually trapped in anything. He's allowed right. to go out and about. Right. He allows him to go anywhere he wants, but he kind of yeah. leads him to these different, like, Which situations. He, I don't think it even crosses his mind that he should just go tell other cops. Just be no, like, hey. I don't think it does. It's like, hey, I'm being told to, <laughs> to like, to, to, like, kill people and stuff. Because then he has to go around <laughs> and set up. Well, he has the lady in his apartment who's in the trap that's, like, ripping her hair off. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a pretty good trap. That's pretty gross. Like, her scalp starts coming off. That was a pretty good one, yeah. Yeah, and then it turns out part of her trap was that she had to try to kill him. So he ends up having to kill her in self-defense. Which is, like... One of the biggest plot twists, honestly. Also, very strange and contradictory to the whole (laughs) philosophy of Jigsaw, because in that situation, somebody has to die, but his whole thing is like, killing's distasteful. (laughs) But it's like, well, people, if somebody has to die, you're killing. Um, (laughs) But, but, um, that, uh, yeah, his story is, uh, is interesting, um, and the plot, the big plot twist at the end is that Hoffman is also... Uh, been working with Jigsaw. Been working with time. Jigsaw yeah. Not only was Amanda working with, with Jigsaw, so is Hoffman. It's Amanda's Hoffman. dead now too. Amanda died in the third one as well. Right. She gets shot, and the whole twist is Jigsaw is like, "I was never done testing you, Amanda." <laughs> like while he was dying, and you're like, "Oh, great! Just don't work with Jigsaw. He's just too manipulative." Honestly, it was one of those things where I, you just kind of realized, was like, was he just kind of pulling this out of his ass at this point? <laughs> like, like she dies, and then he's like, "Oh shit! Uh, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen." I was and he's like, you "Oh yes, this is part of my plan." <laughs> yes, uh... <laughs> that's exactly that was exactly it. Um, there is something actually I noticed in three. That makes me think they did know they were going to make a four, which is because three ends with, um, there's just that part where he, like, dumps wax on top of a little, like, cassette or, like, a little tape Mm -hmm. and then swallows it. And they don't pay that off until the fourth movie when it turns out that had the recording where he's just like, I may be dead, but detective, are you willing to be tested? Like, that whole thing. Um, And so it's like, uh, yeah, there's that bit of setup. That, that does pay off later um, mm-hmm. and uh, where, where you do feel like maybe there was a semblance of a plan <laughs> um, and so uh, the fifth movie opens and Hoffman's now a hero uh, because he was the only one who got out of here alive right and he is revered as a person who yeah he uh, it's weird because he got yeah he's the only one who gets out of live so then they're like oh wow you're you're they start praising him right like, he saves the daughter of the guy because the daughter was trapped there the little girl 
Right. Um, Everything is connected. <laughs> who was, because you forget this because it happened two movies ago. Right. <laughs> like, the guy who was there because he was upset over the death of his son, apparently his daughter was there, trapped. And uh, he ends up dying thinking that his daughter is trapped somewhere and is going to die. But then, yeah, you know, Hoffman saved the daughter. She's an orphan now, but he saved her. Um, and Hoffman's the new jigsaw, sort of, for the rest of the franchise. Well, for until, you know, seven, until the the for what sometime was the ending of the series um yeah well it was called saw 3d the final chapter <laughs> right right exactly. so you'd think it would be the final the chapter, final chapter but... that's a there's a recurring thing in all of these horror franchises where there's a movie that that has a title that indicates it's the last one but has but isn't actually the mm-hmm. last one and it's and for most of them it's at different times you know sometimes oh. it's the third one sometimes yes. it's the fourth one sometimes it's the seventh there's one. uh friday the 13th part four the final chapter the final chapter uh Spoiler alert, there are 11 Friday the 13th movies. Um, <laughs> um, there's a. Because then, oh, they, they actually do it twice. There's Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter, and then Friday, or Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, neither of the which fun. are the final movie. Neither of which are. <laughs> um, and then there's a. Uh, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that, the final nightmare. It's, it's not. Uh, oh, no. Uh, if you count New Nightmare, <laughs> which is the one after that. <laughs> and then the remake. Yeah, the remake. Um, no, there's probably there's probably so many others. There's a um, bunch of I probably didn't even think of off the top of my head. But yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, with the Saw movies, they only, so far, they've only made, they only made one movie after the seventh one came out, which was Jigsaw. Right, yeah. I also want to point out uh, at the time of this recording there is a um <laughs> there is a uh uh shrek forever after the final chapter uh although yep. shrek 5 has been announced <laughs> so and we're all waiting waiting uh desperately for desperately for shrek 5 to come out um <laughs> oh I'm, I'm looking it up there's also a, a lake lake placid the final chapter uh for all the people who are really um into that wondering where the Lake Placid franchise was going to end up <laughs> don't worry but there there were more after that there was Lake Placid versus Anaconda don't worry don't worry Lake Placid Legacy I made, I made that up but I, that's probably the name of it <laughs> Lake Placid Genesis it's like a ge- probably get, get a g- generic word and just put it after th- Origins is a good one Origins too. any three syllable word will work yeah um or maybe for retribution. That's a good one. <laughs> like placid retribution. <laughs> um, anyway, the 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 original title of uh, Jigsaw was going to be Saw Legacy, actually. Really? Yeah. I don't know that. Which we'll um, we'll get to when we talk about Jigsaw. But uh, Saw Five uh, is a little interesting. You have the guy from Gilmore Girls in it. Plays uh, Detective Strom. Right, right. Uh, I forget his name. Sorry, sorry, guy from Gilmore Girls. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't remember most of the actors' names. He's pretty good. There's a whole thing where he has to perform a tracheotomy on himself at the beginning because yeah. he's in this trap. But he's like drowning, uh, and then he's got to stick the like a, a pen in his throat to like breathe, which is pretty cool. Um, Interesting. Which that entire setup was like he was just supposed to die. <laughs> like he, yeah. he wasn't even supposed to survive. That was even thinking like like can you do a tracheotomy on yourself? Right, right. <laughs> it was no, just yeah. like sorry, you're gonna drown. <laughs> you're gonna drown. This <laughs> he had a pen. He knew yeah. how to do a tracheotomy on himself. And so for the rest of the movie, he talks like this too. He becomes <laughs> like the he becomes the Danny Glover of this movie. Because <laughs> eventually uh, his partner dies, and then he has to like 
get revenge <laughs> for his partner and he's he's really onto strom or onto sorry he's strom he's really onto hoffman onto hoffman yeah that becomes a whole thing where people talk to hoffman like we got to find out who this new jigsaw copycat is and then like hoffman's like sweating <laughs> like <it's laughs> him looking around like oh yes yes this jigsaw copycat killer <laughs> <laughs> who might he be? Who could it possibly gonna be? <laughs> the world may never know. Um, and uh, the, the flashbacks, the where we do get graced by uh, Tobinbell's presence, uh, informs us that uh, the reason Hoffman works for uh, Jigsaw is because he did a Jigsaw style trap years ago to get revenge for the death of his sister. Uh, on the guy who killed his sister, it's that trap with like the swinging axe that, that goes that right. thing that goes back and forth. That's right, or the scythe, and then the guy actually passes, like he does it, but then it still cuts him in half. And so it was a trap that was set up to look like a jigsaw trap, but to kill this guy. But he was actually just killing people. Right. Right. And so then that's how Jigsaw ended up meeting him and saying, "Hey, if you're gonna do traps, might do it the real way and do it with me." And right. That's how he ended up working with Jigsaw. Um. And so that yeah yeah so then um <laughs> which which is like that's like a that is sort of a sympathetic backstory to Hoffman I guess like he was mm-hmm. getting revenge for the death of his sister but then eventually he's just a full full blown villain uh, yeah. he actually just murders people uh, when they're on to him <laughs> um, uh, and then at the end he uh, kills Gilmore Girls guy Strom um, in a little glass box. <laughs> which is that's our this is the twist music scene I think it's the only one that doesn't end with somebody saying game over yeah I'm pretty sure all the other ones do yeah you kind of miss out on that and honestly <laughs> that's where I kind of uh, I, at that point I was like kind of losing interest here <laughs> I gotta have that game what over is, you know what is like, the point anymore if it doesn't do this for the last two movies I don't know if I, I will have um, faith in this in the Saw franchise luckily Saw 6 is one of my favorites of the franchise I think Saw 6, A, it gets extremely political, which I did not expect, because it's about healthcare. Right. Um, <laughs> there's this, uh, the, this guy who's denying coverage to people. He's a healthcare uh, company. I mean, the, healthcare was a hot topic at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I think Sicko, the Michael Moore documentary, came out around then, too. Okay. And people were dying of, of lack of coverage, which they still are, but that was, you know, a big thing that people were kind of talking about. And uh, and so you get a silly Saw movie <laughs> deciding <laughs> to tackle this topic as well. Um, and so the guy, he's like the head of this insurance company, uh, we establish him early on, like denying coverage to a guy who's going to die now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's the new victim. He's the new guy in the trap. And somebody with a pig mask takes him in, like always happens. Yeah, like always. <laughs> the infamous pig mask. Um and there's just this movie. I think just has like it's the most consistent. It's got some really fun traps. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's the opening sequence with the lady. It's like her and a fat guy, and they have to like cut off pieces of their body and put oh, it and good. weigh it. And it turns out, luckily, the guy's got way more fat on him than she does. <laughs> so that she like chops off her arm. Yeah, great. She's scene. like, there's no way that I can win this because he's got so much extra fat that he can just cut right. off. So she just completely cuts off her arm. Checkmate, fat guy chops off her arm right at the last minute, and he and he gets uh, 
d- d- killed. He gets made killed dead in some way. <laughs> I forgot exactly how it ends, but uh, I think it's some it's, contraption. His head gets ripped head open or, or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something happens to his head. Holes get drilled in his head. Um, and one of these things, the things I appreciate about these movies is that uh, not only obviously Hoffman has to use something to alter his voice for these for the mm-hmm. recordings, like the you know in front of you or like the instructions, but uh, he uses a thing that changes his voice to sounds exactly like Tobin Bell's. Right. Which I think is really <laughs> funny. Like, it, like he had this idea in his head that like, oh, you know, I gotta uh, like, he has this like specific deep voice and like he like uses to like mask his real voice but that's just Tobin Bell's voice. Right. You'd think I mean, you'd think it would just be like like just some yeah. kind of like what, like a voice module but instead yeah. it's like uh, it's just like he uses the Tobin Bell app or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like a ways option to just use that voice like jigsaw is just such a celebrity in this world now <laughs> where you can just like change your voice to sound like his that's really just an excuse to get that voice because tobin bell is such a such a perfect like rich like kind of creamy rough <laughs> he's got one of those voice. i wouldn't say an iconic voice but he's definitely got one of those one of those voices well, where it's, it's, very it's, it's nice to listen to and people associate it with saw so much at this point because you've heard his voice mm-hmm. throughout all of these movies even the first one so like it's like if you lose him you lose an element of what makes saw you know what it is mm-hmm. and it's gotten to the point where honestly like personally if i were to have been put in a trap and the first thing i heard was tobin bell's voice i'd be scared because I'd be like, this is a saw trap. But I'd also be like, wow, that's Tobin Bell. That's really cool. <laughs> like, wow, hey. Oh, how's it going, Tobin Bell? Is that you? Such a, I'd be like, oh, I might die, but this is such a good voice to this listen to. This is a really good voice to listen to. If I'm going to die listening to a voice, yeah. I'm going to listen to Tobin If I'm going to get my head ripped open, the last thing I want to listen to is Tobin Bell's voice. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so the healthcare guy, um, there, there's this one trap where... He's in like a machine, and the more he breathes, the more these things clench down and crush his chest. Mm-hmm. And it's him and another guy. And whoever dies first, the other guy gets let free. The other guy is a smoker, so uh, the odds are stacked up against. Him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, needless to say, smoker guy does not make it. Nope. Healthcare guy gets out, uh, and then he's sort of our main guy stuck in traps for this movie. And this one has an interesting tri- twist because there's a, a mother and a son. The son of which, the son is played by Roderick from the Diver. Roderick from Diver Kid, which I didn't realize until I I had to look it up. Devin um, Bostick. Devin Bostick. I remember his name for I, some reason. I didn't. I don't remember, remember the Gilmore guy's name, but I remember Roderick's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, which is which is uh, interesting, and uh, I, I I don't I'm not aware of anything else that he's that he's been in besides Diver Wimpy Kid. Those and Diary of Wimpy Kid 2. The two, <laughs> two very famous franchises, Saw, Saw and, and, and Diary of Wimpy Kid. What else do you need on your resume? Honestly. No. <laughs> um, well, and eventually <clears> they replaced <throat> it. They replaced everybody in the Diary of Wimpy Kid movies for like the latest one because everyone got too old. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So now it's like Diary of a Wimpy Kid. The mom was Alicia Silverstone from Clueless. That's all I remember <laughs> saying. Um, but anyway, uh, Roderick's pretty good in this movie. Um and, and the big twist is like at first you think that they are the healthcare guy's family, right? Because he's like, "What are we doing here?" And she's like, "We're here because your father." And they're in this cage. And you don't really know what's going on. And the big twist at the end, they're actually the family of the guy who got denied coverage who got and died from the insurance, guy. right? Who, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then there's this other thing. Oh, Jigsaw's wife is in this movie. She's been in the last couple too. I forgot. She's kind of. She's she, not good. She's here and there, here and there, and she's kind of. I mean, 
it's understandable that you kind of forgot that she was in it because she's kind of forgettable, <laughs> even though she's like you know the main like you know villain's you know yeah. wife. It's like you kind of forget she, she's got a very forgettable uh, performance. Yeah, which... yeah. Well, um, it's hard to forget. I don't often use the, I don't means. often use the word milfy on this podcast. In fact, <laughs> I don't think I ever have. <laughs> is this gonna be the first time you use the word milfy in this podcast? This will be this will be the first time I've ever said milfy. Right. Uh, Jill Tuck, Jigsaw's wife, kind of milfy. Kind of milfy. Um, right. uh, you know, obviously, like, cause you got to give Jigsaw a hot wife. He can't. Right. The, the most notorious s- serial killer also is got to have some sex appeal. <laughs> Which Tobin Bell does, uh, 100%. Follow him Needless on to say, I mean, just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Dude, I follow, follow him Bell. on Instagram, and he's just like, it's like pictures of him like... How often does he post on Instagram? Pretty often, yeah. He's, uh, and he's like, just always looks like a baller. Like, he's <laughs> like well-dressed, drinking tea all the time. Um, no, he's great. Uh, but yeah, so naturally he has to have a... Uh, a, a very attractive woman as, as his wife, uh, right. who is also a very bad actress. Uh, <laughs> it turns out, I think she, uh, Betsy Russell is her name, and okay. she was engaged to one of the producers. Uh, so if you're wondering how she ended up in the Saw movies, <laughs> um, it's because she was one of these like geeky producers was like, oh, can we put my new hot wife in the movies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid she'll leave me. Uh, which they were I, trying I, to I, cast Tobin, Tobin Bell's wife. Right. And they couldn't find anyone. Nobody would agree to do it. And he was like, my wife might want to do it. If I'm not mistaken, I think they didn't end up getting married, which uh, tells me it's because maybe because he put her in the Saw movies. And she was like, (laughs) damn it, Mark, I wanted to be in something good. (laughs) Like, why'd you put me in the Saw movies? Uh, She uh, had a legitimate dream to be, you know, have an acting career and everything. (laughs) Now it's just tainted. And now it's it's ruined. (laughs) No No one will cast her in anything now because she was in. Yeah. Well, and Saw 6 kind of gives us a lot of um, kind of information about how she has also been in on this the whole time. She's mm-hmm. known about uh, everything that her husband was doing. And you see some flashbacks back before the first movie when he still had a soul patch. <laughs> <laughs> and how he um, ended up helping Amanda because Amanda was a patient of his wife's because she worked at like this clinic mm-hmm. uh, that helped like, people who abuse drugs and stuff. And he basically taught her... You know, you can't teach these people, you know, to rehabilitate themselves. You got to do it yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And so, and then you find out uh, the healthcare guy is the guy who denied coverage to John Kramer, which is important. Um, which is kind of makes this a weird revenge thing on his part. Yeah, um, almost. But uh, John Kramer, uh, there has maybe one of my favorite movie scenes of all time with John Kramer is where he has this little monologue about. Health, the healthcare industry, which is very prophetic and very smart, and legitimately, <laughs> you know, you could just print this out, read it out at a Bernie Sanders rally. Like it's, <laughs> it's so like, you get, like because he says this whole thing about like, uh, you know, you know, in, the, in Eastern countries, <laughs> and it's just this whole thing about like when you pay your doctor after you're better. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then he has my favorite line like ever, where he's just like. All these politicians, they talk about if, uh, if um, you know, our lives should belong to the government or the people, but it doesn't belong to the government or the people. It belongs to the fucking insurance companies. <laughs> and then, and then, 
best moment in the film makes eye contact with a piranha inside of a inside of a glass uh, tank and just goes piranha <laughs> just, that's honestly which is such an ad lib no way was that in the script one of the funniest parts of the whole franchise one of the funniest one of the most brilliant lines, brilliant honestly, lines honestly, out of all yeah. of the jigsaw because it's he's actually making good points it gets incredibly political and preachy with what the movie's saying but he's saying something smart uh, kind of proving that Jigsaw is like the smartest character in all these movies. Um, well, he's kind of omnipotent too. Right. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> like he's he's kind of <laughs> a whole other aspect of John Kramer. Is his, he's kind of this guy. His foresight character. is just he just had the scripts for the movies. Like he no else. There's no <laughs> other way he'd know what was going to happen in the future. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Piranha line is great, and then yeah, and then the twist at the end is uh, the family. <laughs> we find out that Roderick and his mom. This was actually their game the whole time and so they're now face to face with the healthcare guy that killed their dad denied him his coverage and so it's like oh are you gonna pull this lever that's gonna put these spikes through the guy and shoot acid into his body and melt him in half and then Roderick's like, hell yeah! And then like, pulls the lever and then kills him. And I was like, oh wait, did they lose then? <laughs> that kind, of, kind of leaves you wondering there. I feel like that means you lost because you didn't learn forgiveness or something. I don't know if that's... <laughs> that was one of the ones where you kind of miss like, what the point of that was supposed to be. Like, you're, okay, we get it. Okay, so the twist is that they're actually the ones in the traps, but are they supposed to pull the lever or are they not? Right. Also, what, um, that what? that kill um, where the guy has um, oh, it's glorious. It's it's amazing. I think uh, honestly, one of my one of my favorite kills. I'd have to say, yeah. not one of my favorite traps. One of my favorite kills, deaths in the whole franchise, is when the ass gets injected. To this guy and his and his bottom half just kind of like his insides melt it's away, just, and his bottom and half just, just, just falls. falls. And yeah. you can see it like it, like his intestines like it's incredible falling out, and it, it's it's. And um, and he's like face to face with his sister in the scene too, yeah. <laughs> which is I think is funny because uh, she just she's just like pleading for them to not murder him gruesomely, <laughs> and then they do, and then uh, and then she's she's upset uh, when he dies when he when his entire bottom half comes off naturally, which is like if he if he didn't survive the traps and get to that point like. Would Jigsaw or would Hoffman just come out and look at the Roderick and be like, oh, I guess you win? Like, is that just what happens? No, I wasn't expecting this to happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was kind of expecting that guy to die because he kind of fucked me over too. So, <laughs> whoops. Um, so that brings us. Wait, what is that? I feel like there's a twist at the end of Saw 6. Is there. Not sure. That also has one of the uh, one of uh, I like the the one trap that he puts the guy in where it, 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 there's it's like he ends up dying if he doesn't kill. There's like the the carousel. Oh the yes. Carousel. Oh, that's actually great. That's a great scene. I think because um, it's all his employees scene. who are all clever. Like they're all established briefly at the beginning, where he's like, yeah. "Oh, these are all the people that help me deny people their health coverage." And right. it's like his and yeah, and it's there's six of them because it's Saw Six. And um, <laughs> they knew. <laughs> and uh, basically, um, yeah, they're on the carousel, and he has to choose two that can live. And uh, if not, they're going to get shot with a shotgun. Um, and uh, that's a pretty good scene, because also at this point, the character, he's just kind of given up. And he's just like, all right, like, mm-hmm. I don't, doesn't really matter, honestly, right. who and lives. It's, and, it, and it's interesting how they go about it, because it's not like he gets to, like, move the shotgun around and be like, okay, I'm going to choose which one of you dies. It's kind of, They give him the choice one by one. Like, okay, here's the one person. Do you want to kill him or not? Here's the next person. Do you want to kill him or not? Right. 
you know, and it's kind of interesting how that does that and how he makes those uh, those decisions. But and then he just kind of does it randomly. But he like kind of just does woman. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Well, and then I like how they you just see people in their like primal state, just trying to talk their way out of it. There was a woman's just like, I'm pregnant, and the other guy's like, she's lying, and like <laughs> just like the, the that's say anything. That's why it's one of my favorite scenes in the in the in that yeah. movie, really. Um, but and it's um, actually like kind of effective in a movie where you're laughing a lot at some of the stuff, at some of the stupid you're stuff. You're kind of like, Ooh, like, I what would I do? You know? Yeah, like, that's. Honestly, one of the scenes that made me think more than anything else, and kind right. of made me, kind of made me like cringe a little bit, just as like, um, I, I uh, not cringe in like a bad way, but like cringe and like this is kind of hard to watch because it's right. like again watching people in like this primal state of like I really don't want to die, and like just seeing what for people would do right. like in their last moments of life when they're trying to convince someone not to kill them, and it's like yeah. wow, and it's kind of one of the more realer moments of the whole franchise where it kind of makes you think, and you're like, yeah, what would I do if I was in that situation? Like, yeah. And I've always either way too, like not just like in his or them, like both ways. It's kind of like, what would I do? And I've always liked uh, scenes in movies where people just kind of like finally accept that they're gonna die, and like their last thought, like there's the guy who's just like, "You look at me when you're killing me. You look at me," yeah. and then like he looks at him, and that's like a good moment. And then like his moment right before he gets shot, he's just kind of like, "Oh," <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's just like, "Oh, uh, uh, like wait, it's gonna happen now?" Yeah. Um, I was just I pulled up the um wikipedia page um because i'm i wanted to remind myself what happens at the end of this um, something they point out is that on its opening weekend this movie placed second to paranormal activity which is the beginning of the end for saw because <laughs> no longer is saw the ruling you know if, if it's halloween it must be saw is not as true anymore because uh, right. now if it's halloween it must be paranormal, paranormal activity, activity exactly. and then maybe saw <laughs> um and so also, uh, it says here, Saw 6 went on to gross over $68 million nationwide, the lowest grossing Saw film to date, but still a financial success compared to its small budget. Reviews were mixed, with some criticizing the acting and others praising uh, Grudert's directing. Improvement over the last few installments and the film's contribution to the debate on healthcare reform in the United States. Which is cool. <laughs> um, uh, I do want to point out, they mentioned the budget. The budget becomes inc incredibly clear in these movies. The yeah. first movie is very smart in that it just keeps most of the action to one room, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 the perfect movie for a guy who's just this super low budget, like uh, like if you just it, it's conceptually it's kind of a dream for the kind of filmmaker that James Wan was because you're just like yeah. two guys in a room. Let's uh, let's chain them there so they can't leave, and then that's our movie, and then we'll figure it out from there. And so eventually they're like, no, these movies are going to get out and about. They're going to include <laughs> cops and stuff, but there's still like six characters total in all these movies. <laughs> like, they're all, like, in rooms, like, small rooms with people. There's not a lot of outdoor shots. Uh, they're all in, like, sound stages. Um, and it kind of becomes clear as the movies go on, and, and like, with the porn-style acting and stuff, you're just, like, you really start to see the budget. Um, yeah, uh, honestly, it, yeah, it's got kind of that style of acting where it's, like, kind of just trying to bullshit your way through it until it gets to, like, the, the you know, the, the climax, you know, shot. Yeah. And, it, well, and as a fan of uh, low-budget genre filmmaking, and I think, like, that's what horror movies are for, really, yeah. you know, is, like, to make these big movies that make a lot of money, that you make for very little money. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very noticeable, though, in this movie. Definitely. They weren't as smart, I think, with the writing. Um, <laughs> but, like I said, there's two things to enjoy about all these sequels. It's... It's the gratuitous violence uh, and the increasingly more intricate 
twists. <laughs> um, Which perfectly segues into the last movie of yes. the... Well, not the last movie that was made, but the last... The supposed final chapter of the Saw franchise, which is Saw 3D. Oh, right. And I, the, the very ending I wanted to point out of, um, of, the, of Saw 6 is Jill Tuck, um, John Kramer's wife, turns out she's like, oh, you were the last person. You're not done with the test, Hoffman. And so she puts Hoffman in a reverse reverse bear trap at the end, and she says game over and leaves. But then Hoffman survives by sticking the lips of the reverse bear trap like in between some bars or something, mm-hmm. which kind of like rips open his cheek. But still to this day, nobody uh, nobody's been killed by the reverse bear trap. We've seen it multiple times in this franchise. At this point, at in this point in this movie. Nobody's in this movie. And this, this movie. Point, I was gonna say yes. Yeah, oh, because in Saw Six, yes, we. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, so that's how that one ends, and we get to Saw 3D, the final chapter, which I still haven't actually seen in 3D, and I still mean to see in 3D. Neither have I. I don't know if it exists in 3D. Like I really it wanted to, um, but yeah, the Blu-ray I have is just 2D. Like I would even watch it in 3D if there was just like a version I could watch with like the red and blue colored glasses. Exactly. Like, I just don't think... I don't know if it exists anywhere. I'd have to... There might be, like, an out-of-print copy or something, because I would do that. Oh, definitely. The, oh, in, a, in a heartbeat. This movie... The 3D gimmicks in Saw 3D are just something to behold. It's so, like, 2000s, like... Mm-hmm. Like, Spy Kids 3 and, like, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Like, that's what <laughs> pops into my head. But it's, like, rated R and just obscenely gory. Honestly, something that instantly just makes me makes me instantly enjoy a movie is the is if it puts in that aspect of, oh, this is meant to be watched in 3D. Right. And it usually makes the movie not a great movie. Um. Well, nowadays, nearly everything's in 3D. Right. And it's all post-converted. Like, nothing's really made for 3D anymore. Because people just want to make regular movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then later they're like, hey, we'll also do it 3D and see if people... Right. Do. So that's... I don't ever bother to see things in 3D. Because honestly, it just gives me a headache. I saw Avengers Age of Ultron in 3D. How was that? And um, it was the first time I saw Avengers Age of Ultron. And um, I don't know how, but I ended up liking that movie after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I, um, I, <laughs> I don't tend to seek out 3D. Um, I just... I, to me, it's, it is distracting when I'm watching the movie. It is distracting. Uh, I think the last movie I saw in 3... Oh, I, I, I took a long hiatus. Like, I hadn't watched anything in 3D for many years until um, uh, Alita Battle Angel. Just, I think, last oh, year yeah. I saw yeah. in 3D because everyone was telling me to. I paid way too much money for it. It was at uh, Studio C. <laughs> but <laughs> it was uh, it's a good movie. I mean, I mean, it worked. It looked good in 3D. Uh, right. Like, it paid off. I thought... That was one of the times where, like, there was enough word of mouth around seeing it in 3D that I, it warranted me seeing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, most of the time I just avoid it, like, paying the extra money. And I mean, I'll go to, like, the Extreme Theater or the yeah. IMAX or whatever to see, like, the, 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 enhanced, the enhanced sound and yes. the visuals and everything. But And I'm a film junkie, too, so I'll see stuff, like, if there's a... You know, like a seventy millimeter. I went to the seventy millimeter screening of uh, the Hateful Eight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, 3D is hit or miss. In uh, the case of Saw 3D, I think it's a total hit. It's uh, a total hit because <laughs> this movie's not trying to be a real movie. It's, no, it's like we're, no. We're, it's Saw 3D, the final chapter. And right off the bat, we get reintroduced to after seven, six years of hiatus. We get reintroduced to Carrie Elways as Dr. Gordon, visibly uh, 
heavier and older than he was when we first saw him, but it doesn't matter. Because uh, we basically see what happens to him right after the events of the first Saw movie, when he's like crawling away with one of with his yeah. leg that he cut off. Um, and, uh, and then we kind of come back to him later, because then it goes to the title, and um, we get an incredible... Uh, trap. The traps in this movie, I think, are they pull out all the stops. An incredible trap, which is, I think, one of the only scenes that's actually set in an outside setting. Yes. Um, in a very public setting where there's a giant <laughs> crowd like, of people inside glass. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> and these two, yeah, these two uh, college-aged kind of boys wake up and they're like strapped to this device where they each have their hands on um, uh, a side of this like moving buzzsaw sort yes. of thing. Yeah. And there's this girl who is hanging above it. Mm-hmm. And they all wake up, or they're all you know they're all they all realize that they're in it, and um, the whole premise of this ends up being that she um, she was um, sleeping with both of them. Yes, and they and apparently convinced them to do illegal things for her or yeah. something. Uh, it's very vague, but the voice tells us. Like, so all three of the people in the trap are bad people. To a certain extent, yes. To a certain extent. Yes. But she's the the manipulator. She's the manipulator, and she yeah. neither of the other boys realized that um, she was seeing the other one. So right. Um, it kind of come. It kind of you know accumulates into this moment of like emotion for the two boys where they're like, oh, you know, what's what do I do in and this whole a, situation? There's and, a great part in this where like she's because basically they have to push this buzz saw either like cut one of the one or the other, or they can keep it in the middle and cut her in half. Right. They can either yeah. They can fight the for the girl or they can just yeah. keep it right in the middle. And so they're they're pushing it back and forth. They're just like ah, and then she starts saying to one of them like she starts like telling one of them like, oh, I believe in you. You can do it. And the other guy's like, what? <laughs> and then like, but then that guy gets the upper hand. She's like, oh, uh, I take back what I said to him, <laughs> and then, and then they decide uh, it's like she's not worth it, man, and like they decide they're gonna kill her, <laughs> and it has one of my favorite lines where she's like, what are you doing? And one of them goes, I think we're breaking up with you, Tina. <laughs> And then she says that, and then that's when I think the first real moment of 3D comes out, where you just see her intestines get hurt. They come they right at the screen. Come right at the screen. Oh, come flying out. It's um, amazing. It's yeah. And all of the people outside that are just forced to watch because they can't break through the. Nobody really tries to break through, break through the the glass. Like a guy throws his briefcase at it. And I think that's like, the only thing. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, what do we do to get him out? Oh, I won't break. Oh, I guess it's too late. And then they all just stand there and watch it. Yeah. Out of this. What the hell? <laughs> like, they just and then like she gets cut in half and they're like ew. <laughs> and uh, yeah, wonderful way to start off this. And that's when I knew I was like, this is going to be my favorite one. <laughs> this movie is going to be fantastic. Um, we get introduced to a character played by the 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 Boondock Saint that's not Daryl from The Walking Dead. Um, uh, oh yes, that guy. Um, his character's name is Bobby, um, and he is played by Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery, that's his name. I knew it was, I knew it was a three-named one. Yeah, and um, it was like, it's either him or Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it was Joseph no, Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't Joe Gordon-Levitt. Um, but yeah, he uh, is this guy who is uh, going around saying that he survived a saw trap. And he does, like, focus groups for people who survived Jigsaw mm-hmm. Traps. And he, like, wrote this book and everything about yeah. how he got out of it. They have a focus group scene where you get cameos from a bunch of people from other traps, like, the surviving people, so there's not many. <laughs> there's, like, an old lady. There's a lady who cut her arm off and stuff. Uh, and then we see uh, um, 
Dr. Gordon, who has been alive this whole time, just hasn't showed up in any of the movies, but he's been alive. And he's very fishy. He's walking on a cane because he has a fake leg or whatever because he had to cut that off in the first Soft movie. Like, yeah. He's just now talks evil. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> he's just like uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how grateful we are to be part of your uh, promotional DVD. And then like slowly claps. And <laughs> and then I like this little bits of dialogue where somebody's like, who's that creepy guy? He's just like, ah, he's been coming to these meetings long before me. <laughs> and you're like, yes, 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 Dr. Gordon. And then he disappears for a l- most of the movie after. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll get back to him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it turns out this guy, uh, the uh, Sean Patrick Flannery slash Bobby, is uh, completely full of crap and mm-hmm. never actually was in a saw trap. Uh, I like his his thing about um, uh, he, he, like one of the traps he said he was in was where he said he had to put some hooks under his pectoral muscles mm-hmm. and hoist himself up. And it's part of like it's partially like a humble brag. It's like yeah, my pecs are strong enough to support my yeah, body. Yeah, I got through this because I was <laughs> able to. Yeah, right. Um, so then he ends up in a real sock trap, um, which we find out was part of Jigsaw's long long plan back when he was alive uh, you see a flashback where Jigsaw came up to him to have him sign a book uh, that he had written which makes me think like do all these movies take place in like a couple of weeks <laughs> you'd think or something right like all these people die in like the span of like right. a month maybe because this guy apparently wrote a book while Jigsaw was still alive and so he right. came up to have him sign it and there's a great scene where Tobin Bell's like in disguise so he's like he's got like a hoodie and a backwards baseball cap on (laughs) Um, but yeah he knew he was a fraud from the beginning so now all these years later Hoffman who is still carrying on Jigsaw's bidding which is funny because he now knows that Jigsaw tried to have him killed um, right still doing it puts this guy in the trap uh, a series of traps to save his wife at the end eventually yep uh, his completely innocent wife who has nothing to do with his scheme Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's part of this Um, and so uh, there's some good gruesome traps there's this publicist uh she's got like a key in her throat and every time she screams as he's trying to pull it out because it's on like a a wire and he's trying to pull it out of her throat and it's like blood's coming out right and every time she screams these tubes get closer and closer to like stabbing her in the neck right uh spoiler alert nobody makes it out of any of the traps uh everybody dies (laughs) pretty much yeah and it's kind of a it's It's kind of a testament to to this guy. I mean, he kind of gets what's coming to him in the eyes of Jigsaw slash sure, yeah. Hoffman, where you know he's he does he wasn't a real he he faked being in a Jigsaw trap so he can get the publicity and the fame and the fortune right. and whatnot. Um, and every time in this movie, he gets put in all these situations where he has to try and help these people get out of those saw traps, and he doesn't succeed in any of them. <laughs> Not um, at all. No. Kind of just shows how poor he is. Like how. Much he boasted of you know being in a saw trap and being able to out, able to get out, but in, right. he gets put in like five different saw situations or something like that, and he doesn't get through any of them. And then there's uh, at the end he has to do the exact trap that he said he did, which yeah. was put the hooks under his pecs, which he totally didn't have to do. He could have like put his knees on him or something. Like he didn't have to yeah. hook himself in the pecs, but he does. Uh, his pecs aren't strong enough to hold his weight. His wife dies horribly and burns to death. Yeah, which is I. Uh, he was like, ah, she didn't have anything to do with this, but okay. Um, right. <laughs> and then he's he's actually alive at the end. Like, he fails, but he's still alive. He's just upset that he got his wife killed. And, like, that's pretty much <laughs> the thing at the end. Um, and uh, there's also 
early in the movie, they have a really random trap. I guess it kind of sets it up for an investigation later with all the cop characters, none of whom we know now because all the cops in the movie have, in the movies have died at this right. point. Um, you know, Donnie Wahlberg's gone, Danny Glover's gone, um, the lady who was having the affair with Danny with Donnie Wahlberg who got ripped open in the mm-hmm. third or the fourth movie is gone. So now it's just a bunch of cop characters we've never seen before. Um, and uh, they're investigating the site where there was a trap where uh, Chester Bennington, lead singer of uh, lead singer of Lincoln Park, Lincoln Park, uh, the gr- late great Chester Bennington yeah. plays a white supremacist. Uh, this is maybe my favorite trap in the whole film. It might be. It might be. Yeah. Um, he's his back is stuck to a car, uh, or to a car seat. He's in a car in like the front seat. And basically, he's like hoisted up on jacks. The car's up on jacks. Underneath the car is his girlfriend. Her face is right below the tire. But behind him, the car is like hooked to like the jaw and arms of another friend of his. And then in front of him is another friend. And the voice is like, This is where we know Jigsaw's super woke. Because he's like, uh, you and all your friends are racists. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how we know. And it's like, like you have to pull the lever in front of you, which means, basically means he's going to have to rip his back off. And he's right. like, or else you'll find out that we're all the same on the inside, <laughs> which is brilliant. It uh, is brilliant. Because it's, it's a lesson in racism. Um, I'd have to say, I, I think I could safely say it's my favorite trap, because it's with most of the traps, it's, it's one person mm. in a trap, or one person ends up getting killed in the trap. Because this one's a huge, glorious, this Rube, one's a huge, glorious Goldberg machine. Just, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's almost it's, it's satisfying, the way well, that it happened, just one death after another. And it's morally satisfying, because oh, it's morally, established that they're, they're all racist. Because they're so. all racist. Although, it's, after I found out it was, after I realized it was Cheshire Bennington, it kind of made me sad. Well, apparently he specifically wanted to be in this movie. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he requested he it, to be yeah. in the movie, yeah. Um, and so it's great because like he still rips like all of his back off but still can't reach the lever in time right and it's and it shows it all in all its gory <laughs> glory him the, the skin coming off of his back and i love this leather yes. seat behind him and, and the way the clock's ticking down and it like dollies in on him going no and then the guy behind him like no and like <laughs> everyone's screaming and then he misses it the car drops just destroys his girlfriend's head <laughs> rips the arms and jaw off the guy behind him he just becomes like there's something weird, and I don't want to say it's satisfying because I don't want to sound like a psychopath, but there's something weirdly pleasurable that... <laughs> that's, that's probably worse than saying that's worse satisfying. Satisfying. <laughs> There's something, I don't know, there's something to sing like, on film, a person just not be a person anymore. Like, just... There's, I know what you mean. There's just no... Like, when when he gets his arms and jaw ripped off, you're like, that's just a stick. Like, that's not even... <laughs> like, th- that's not even, <laughs> like... Uh, resembling a human anymore, and it's uh, and then yeah, then the car hits his other friend in front of him and kills him. Chester Bennington just flies through <laughs> flies the, through the window. His entire back comes off, and then he's yeah. dead. Uh, just yeah, the efficiency is what matters. In yeah. This scene. Um, and so uh, yeah, Hoffman at the end, uh, he's got to kill everybody, and so um, he kills pretty much all the cops. There's a funny scene where. They uh, they're investigating on that property and there's like a machine gun that just comes up and just like guns them all down, mm-hmm. um, and then he's got to dis- dispense with uh, Jill Tuck, and we see the first like successful successful use of the reverse bear trap too, and probably the most one of the most satisfying deaths in the whole. What a great three D scene too! There's a great three D scene. She gets two three D deaths in this movie because she has a dream sequence earlier on mm-hmm. that she's like on this track. 
like uh and he just has this giant like this giant like uh i don't even know it's like just like a blade like a tip well it's got like an arrow tip and he's just like you know the problem with that like with killing you jill I only get to do it once. And then, like, it just ramps through her and rips her in half and her guts come right at the screen. But uh-huh. then it turns out that's a dream, so we get to see her die twice, horribly. Right. So then she has the scene with the... Which is kind of ironic, because that's his line was, like, I only get to do it once, but we technically see her die twice. Um, so then she has the rever- reverse bear trap scene where her head just gets ripped right open and then the insides of her, uh, insides of her head just come straight at the screen. Straight into the screen and you see in all of its glory just her, her jaw just completely <laughs> ripped apart and her mouth just... just And her tongue just like hanging... That's like a nice little <laughs> addition. Yeah, yeah. And it's like... I like little things like when guts hit the screen it makes a sound when it hits the screen. Like it's like... It's like acknowledging that there's a camera there. And we think it's done. We think Hoffman's won. He thinks he's closed all the loose ends, yep. killed everybody who knew that he was involved with all the Jigsaw murders and stuff. Uh, but it turns out the movie's not over because another guy in a, in a pig mask shows up with two henchmen, which it's not established who they are. I don't know who they are. I think it's... My takeaway was I think they're supposed to be the two guys from the trap at the beginning. Okay. Uh, but they're just... Because they, they, they have masks on. Yeah, I never, I never caught on to who they, who, to who they were. But... but. The important part. The important part. Guy takes off his mask, revealing none other than Dr. Gordon. Dr. Gordon. Carrie always. Carrie always. Uh, the perfect character arc. Very flawed, uh, strange <laughs> character arc. Um, but, yeah. And so, it turns out, he has also been working with Jigsaw this entire time. Uh, like, <laughs> many other people. Ever since Probably the Probably the, the ultimate plot twist. The right. ultimate... They've been working with Jigsaw was the the very first person, well, one of the very first people that we see in a in a Jigsaw trap, and he's yeah. been working with Jigsaw the to- the whole time. Yes, and um, basically, uh, it turns out like he and it's like little things he did, like he he sewed some guy's eyes together, like some guy's eyelids together in one movie. Like you just see little flashbacks, like he was doing doctor stuff for Jigsaw, and so. <laughs> um, and then now he, uh, yeah, he basically had a message that Jill Tuck had given him that was like, hey, I need you to protect my wife. Uh, I need you to protect Jill, uh, which uh, he was not able to do, <laughs> luckily. Uh, but then also, um, if you can't, uh, I need you to act immediately on my behalf. So now he needs to get revenge for the death of Jill for uh, Jigsaw. For John Kramer. Yeah, yeah which um, there's, there's questions this makes me have where it's like, uh, why didn't he go back for Adam, you know? He could have, but then I guess you could yeah. say just he was rehabilitated by the process of cutting off his leg, and he was like, <laughs> "No, Adam can figure it out for himself." You know, it's like he's uh, he's like fully part of Jigsaw's squad now. Um, Which it was revealed that I'm uh, Adam. That he just rotted in that room, didn't he? Well, you find out in the third one that um, Amanda like str- killed him. Oh right, she like strangled him or something, and that was. Oh, I know because I remember because that that room comes in later in the sh- in the franchise where you see you then see his dead like riding. Yes, you see his like uh, his skeleton there. His skeleton and uh, Doctor Gordon's foot that he cut off. And, yep, <laughs> um, like, which wow, is still that there. Was from the first movie. <laughs> yeah, um, 
and so uh, yeah, we get a bunch of flashbacks of that, and then you get like the the you hear the whole recording that Jigsaw left him, which is, you know, you have been my most valuable asset, and I guess like <laughs> Doctor Gordon is the only person who he's been completely honest. He's the only person with who he hasn't been like secretly testing this whole time, like he did with with uh, Amanda and with um, Hoffman. Hoffman. But he, um, yeah, so he basically says like, I've shown you a lot of places, Doctor Gordon, but there is one that will be the most emotional to you and it's the room from the first movie which is the perfect way to bookend the series Mm -hmm. uh drops hoffman off in that room next to adam's dead skeleton uh and then they also have a shot where he looks at his own foot his foot's in the corner of the room and then uh because i don't think we mentioned but yeah dr gordon cuts his foot off in the first movie which is the classic i mean that's a classic saw ending which most people know yes and so uh, Hoffman immediately thinks to do the same thing. So he crawls towards the saw that's in the room, but then Dr. Gordon takes it from him and goes, I don't think so, and then throws it, and it goes straight at the screen, our last glorious 3D shot of the movie. Yep. Um, and then uh, Dr. Gordon says game over and closes and the closes door. the door. Therefore closing all loose ends, so we think... In this franchise, all this ends. There's nothing else to 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 cover. It to, genuinely feels like this is like was. It feels conclusive, and like conclusive, I appreciate yeah. that about this movie. They uh, didn't leave it open. The, the Avengers Endgame of the Saw franchise, yeah. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, where it's like <laughs> potentially they could have gone with more movies about Doctor Gordon, but you knew they wouldn't because Carrie always. There's no way he would. They would like they really had to drudge him up to get him in this one like apparently like he had apparently he tried suing them at one point because he didn't think they paid him enough for the first movie and uh they were just like yeah just can you show up for like two days and film for the saw 3d so he did it um and i'm glad he did because it's it's a it's a wonderful twist it's so it's so great um and so many years passed uh and then in 20 so so this uh, saw 3d came out in 2010 i want to say and so in 2017, uh, we saw the trailer for what was originally going to be called Saw Legacy, but now ended up being called Jigsaw, uh, which I have the Blu-ray for here, <laughs> separately. Um, and this is directed by the Spirit Brothers, who had actually made some good movies. They did a movie called, um, I think it was called uh, Predestination uh, with Ethan Hawke. Um, the prequel to Final Destination. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I need to do. We need to do a podcast on that series because that's like the next best thing to Saw. Yeah, as far um, as gory kills go. Yes. Uh, so Jigsaw comes out, and the trailer for that movie, like, because because basically Jigsaw got beat out by Paranormal Activity. Yeah. And those that became the movie series where a movie came out every single October. Yep. And for a big thing, like, I don't know if you remember, Paranormal Activity went on for, like, six, seven years. It went on for a while. Yeah. And then that, that fizzled out. I think they finished in 3D, too. <laughs> they, they, I never saw all of them, but the last one was, like, also in 3D. and Which doesn't make sense. I didn't either. Yeah. I, you know, so I only Have you seen any of those movies? I've, I've only seen the first one. Okay. I think I saw the first two. But, yeah, eventually, like, those movies, um, they kind of became, they kind of lost the whole reason they did the the movies to begin with because then like they just started showing everything like the, the yeah, last one was kinda, like now in 3d you see all the ghosts coming at you yeah, it kind of okay. defeats the purpose because in the first one you, you know it's like you don't see anything between all the cameras you don't see anything you kind of see just like, like oh she's screaming down the hall what's she screaming at yeah like that's what's scary about it but 
No, eventually they're like, we need money. It defeats the purpose so, to just make a 3D version of that. Right. And, but anyway. And it's like, eventually, a movie like that isn't meant to go on for that long. There isn't that much longevity to that kind of story until right. you just start selling out and showing the ghosts. So um, the trailer for Jigsaw, when it came out, the Paranormal Activity had franchise had finally died out. And the trailer has the line. And then they're like, this is our chance. We yes. can bring back the franchise. And the line in the trailer, the, the tagline said, he returns to take back Halloween. And I <laughs> leapt out of my seat and I cheered. I was like, this is the comeback story of a generation. I, I, my eyes, like, I started to tear up. <laughs> like, it was all oh, the, the chills I got from, like, he's taking back Halloween. And, um... Uh, Jigsaw, and the, we saw this movie together. We saw this we in did, theaters. Yep. Um, and all together, it was, a, I think the first thing you said to me was, uh, it's a Saw movie. Yeah. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> I went into it expecting a Saw movie, yeah. and I, it was a Saw movie. And, yes. And, uh... There's certain things to this movie that I think do make it stand out. Yeah. Obviously, like you mentioned, the production quality. It's, like, immediately in the movie, it's just, like, it looks like a movie. Like, yeah. it's not green and <laughs> washed out. You see many characters. There's more extras and characters in the first five minutes than there are yeah, in all the, of the other movies. I mean, yeah, the opening scene, there's, like, a, there's a car chase. And there's, yeah. there's running across, like, a rooftop, and there's a bunch of, like, civilians everywhere. And you're like, wow, they had a, quite a bit of money for this movie. <laughs> They're immediately just, like, flexing. Their... started out, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so... Yeah, they make a point of that. Uh, there's a fun little fake out where you see something that looks like a saw trap, but then it turns out it's just like the spikes that they put on the road that the cops put on the road to try to stop a car. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then we get introduced to the story, and uh, it's uh, yeah, there's a cop. Uh, it doesn't stray far from the rest of the saw movie. There's cops in this movie, just like all the other there's movies. The, there's, there's the dirty the cops storyline where there's people trapped in this, this yeah. location, and they have to go through these death traps. And, and then, then the, there's right. the there's the detective cop storyline. So. And I love the whole thing where they're just like, wait, they hear a recording, and it's Tobin Bell's voice, and they're like, Jigsaw, but he's been dead for many years. <laughs> I'm like, this is not. This is not anything new, guys. Jigsaw's been dead since Saw 3. And then I, I like that when they're like, how do you come back to life? And then this one cop has a line where he's just like, wouldn't be the first time. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Somebody's acknowledged it. Somebody is actually smart in this movie. Uh, I like that they even go to the extent to like dig up his grave to yeah. see if he's still alive. <laughs> Which the movie genuinely teases you a couple points saying, like, it does. is John Kramer still alive? Which part of me was thinking, like, oh, please still be alive. And it's funny, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, amazing. and I, I really let my guard down for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I They fooled me into thinking it was going to get that silly. Yeah. That, that he was just going to be... There was a couple moments where I actually thought they, he might have actually been brought back alive through some right. sort of supernatural... Or his twin brother or died or something. Or something or... like that. Some stupid... Like thing like that, and I did not see that uh, the ending coming. But Brayden, the Saw movies are realistic, okay? Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> this isn't your Friday the Thirteenth hogwash. Saw right. is gritty. This isn't the serial killer comes back, he gets killed, but keeps on coming back <laughs> because he's actually like a demon or something. This isn't. Entity. No, this yeah. is realistic. This is real people. This isn't Michael Myers getting shot six times right. and getting back up. Uh, so instead, we're gonna have an equally implausible situation <laughs> where um, John Kramer just had a lot of buddies back when he was a serial killer. He just had so many friends. Um, and so, yeah, the... Uh, did you see the... So did this twist completely catch you off guard? Um, not completely. Um, there were definitely elements in it where I was like, okay, I can kind of see where they're trying to go yeah. from here. And I had a couple ideas in my head of where it might go. Um, and then the ending, it did catch me a little bit off guard. The... Um, the 
so there's a couple clues I got. Yeah. So, so yeah, you have the story following these people going through these traps, and uh, some of the traps are kind of the same thing we've seen before. Some of them are kind of cool. I mean, just I appreciate the way it's shot altogether. It's mm-hmm. one of the best looking Saw movies. Definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, so you can definitely tell the difference between 2010s movie and 2000s movie. Yes. You know, like. And and like the kind of the, the the histories for these people are like one guy one guy apparently sold a faulty bike to Jigsaw's nephew and got him killed and uh, <laughs> it's just a bunch of petty stuff. You, you realize that Jigsaw has a bigger family than you realize, right? Right. You're, they're like his nephew. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. So then at the same time we're following this guy who um, is uh, he he does the autopsies for the police. He's a coroner um, and. Uh, he basically um, he's kind of going on his own investigation because people are suspecting the dirty cop is suspecting that he might be Jigsaw, mm-hmm. um, the new Jigsaw, and then there's this girl who's this big Jigsaw fan, like she owns replicas of all of his traps. Yeah, you see this room where she has this. Uh, she just has this room filled with filled with uh, replicas that she bought online. Oh, right, of, right. Of Jigsaw of Jigsaw traps. She's and, got the reverse bear trap. And then it there. makes you think that maybe she's the new Jigsaw. Right, and that's where you get a lot of fan service where you see a bunch of a bunch of old traps. You see movies. the reverse bear trap, the yeah. iconic. And then there's this trap. one really crazy trap with a like uh, it's like a it's like a sitla. A tube with blades in it, and it's like she's like, "There's a rumor that this one was used before the first one, or whatever, before the first movie. <laughs> this he used this one, and that's where the first thought where I was like, are the flashbacks taking place like bef- before all these movies? But right, then, well, because it's because it's implied because you you get you know you get the people who are going through the trap, and then one person dies, and then it cuts to like the the cops figuring it out, and they're doing the autopsy on that person." Because yeah. that person, their body gets put somewhere out in the city, and then it keeps on doing that. It goes back to the, and then the next they continue through this 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 you know this building this, whatever, and then the next person dies, and then it cuts to the cops, and they're looking at that person. Yeah. So they're so finding the of, bodies. It's kind of yeah. assumed that like they died, and then the, the you know like while while this is happening, the cops are trying to kind of catch up and right. figure out what's going on. Right. Um, um, yeah. And uh, instead, it's way more convoluted than it's that. It's way more convoluted. Of uh, course. I, I mean... The people in the traps are following. Expect. There's one lady who killed her baby and blamed it on her husband. Uh, and then this one guy which who Which is was, very dark. That's incredibly dark. Incredibly which dark. I was... I kind of admired how dark that was. I was like, that's like... Because that's actually a horrible thing she did. Right, because <laughs> like, the whole thing was like... You, you think at first, like, she's telling the story and she was like, I don't know why I'm in here, you know, like, my... My, my husband my, accidentally... My husband was sleeping and he rolled over and, like, suffocated our baby yeah. and then, and then whatever, and... and then figured, you find out she just, like... She didn't even do it accidentally. She yeah, maliciously she, yeah. killed her she baby. She was like, I'm tired of having this baby. This yeah. baby's annoying and I don't like it. And she killed the baby and then put it onto the bed under her husband and yeah. blamed him for it. And, and so, in a way, it's satisfying in terms of, like, our morals now. We're kind of back to some sort of a back moral to the, like, wow, a like, legitimately terrible person. They should probably deserve to die, or at least be tested, or at least be tested. You know, um, uh, not that I condone anything that Jigsaw does in these. Oh no, movies. no, we I don't agree with any of that this. Stuff, by uh, the way, um, <laughs> uh, if I if I do say it, it that I do, it's it's probably just the uh, the non spiked cider talking. Um, the definitely non alcoholic cider <laughs> that we just drank. Um, that the, the, <laughs> that there is now an empty carton of in front of me. <laughs> but basically, I. Yeah, so there, there's that, and then the other guy is like, "Oh, he was partying with some friends, and he was hanging off the back of a car." And they were like, "Wait, don't hang off the back of the car!" And then he fell off, and then they crashed, and they all blew up. And so, <laughs> so that was his sin, as he actually accidentally killed all of his friends. Um, and so yeah, they're in this trap, and uh, 
I was really excited because there's somebody with a with the pig mask shows up and I'm like oh we're gonna get our reveal mm-hmm. and uh, the camera pans up and the music cue we get a little and we reveal Tobin Bell physically in the movie and that's where people there were some gasps in the theater there was like one guy in the theater who thought we were watching Star Wars or something because he like went to applaud he was like but then nobody else did so we like stopped like it was like uh, it was like like do you remember seeing The Force Awakens in theaters oh yeah and people were just applauding at everything yeah he thought it was that he thought Saw had the same kind or of or some sort of, yeah some sort of Star Wars or, or Marvel Avengers right. sort of thing where R2-D2 I know yeah. who that is right this shows woohoo yeah. <laughs> um, but I was you know I was surprised but then this was one clue I had that I was like oh this, is, this all takes place in the past because uh John Kramer has his soul patch <laughs> again, yeah. which is one thing. Um, and then also there's the lady saying, like, John, you're my neighbor. Which is, she doesn't say, like, John, you're dead. Like, so... Right. She's, like, surprised. She's like, John, what are you doing here? And you're like, oh, yeah, because he's dead. And she's like, you're my neighbor. And you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. So maybe he's not dead. Right. Which kind of clues to what the twist ends up being. And then they have the... Basically, they both fail. Because uh, there's a gun. And he's like, this is your key to freedom. I love that. That he, like, literally tells him, this is your key to freedom. I was going to say, that's and one of the... the one one the of the most clever ways that he, he traps someone in the yeah. whole franchise is, is that. Where he, he tells them... This, this is the key right, right here. And he puts it in and then... And the baby murdering lady who basically hasn't learned her lesson at all throughout this movie grabs the gun and tries to shoot him. It backfires. It kills her. And then it turns out the key was inside the that shell. The key was inside the and shell. Now and now broken, it's all and broken and can't messed up out. and neither of them can get out now. Yeah, and... so the other guy dies and, um, and then we get our twist at the end. We get our version of Guy getting up off the floor. Um, <laughs> we have these like little things on these like laser things on these guys' necks. It's like the main guy, the the coroner guy, and then the, the dirty cop each have this thing on this, their neck, which shoots these lasers up in this in the air, mm-hmm. and it's basically coming down and it's gonna like chop their heads open or whatever. Right. It's like the, all these different them. lasers around, and then it's gonna like kind yeah. of chop their heads up and then kind of make it like a like a I don't know, yeah, right into different pieces and whatnot. And so it looks like it kills the coroner guy because we find out that he was the guy who gave like a faulty. Uh, he made a mistake diagnosing John for his cancer all those years ago, mm-hmm. which then you're like, this guy, what? what? How old is this guy? <laughs> like, he looks like, but anyway, because um, that was like ten years ago or whatever. But um, now he, um, yeah. So we think he just got killed now because he admits to that, and then and now the the dirty cop starts admitting like, oh yeah, innocent people died because of me, blah blah blah. And then like, oh, like the the trap goes off, and he's like happy. But then we literally get a guy getting off the floor scene when the coroner gets up, and we find out he's been doing this the whole time. Mm-hmm. He has also been working with Jigsaw this entire time, but before everyone else did. The lasers that supposedly got cut into his face were actually just like like a like a laser pointer type yeah. thing, where yeah. it just kind of like went. And then he faked his death, and then the other guy admits to everything, and he gets up off the floor, and like he said, I do like the music and everything is it's revealed and it's it's glorious. <laughs> yeah, well, then, then that's when he explains like. Ten years ago, a game was played, and he like pulls up the sheet and just shows the dead bodies of the two people who've been seeing the whole time. And then, he exp- and then he has this whole convoluted thing that's like, we, I did traps identical to those other traps because he was in that first game mm-hmm. all those years ago, and he survived because uh, Jigsaw suddenly felt remorse and felt like he shouldn't have to pay for making an honest, honest mistake in uh, like underestimating his cancer so then that's when Jigsaw took him under his wing but then it's like he, he did the traps exactly like they were in that movie and then so then he could reveal the bodies for the cops to find mm-hmm. and all I thought was like 
but they never found that first trap so everything you're doing is just for the audience like, yeah it's just for the movie for us to think that mm-hmm. all the flashback scenes are happening in modern day which i'm totally fine with i don't ask for i don't ask for logic <laughs> when i watch <laughs> a saw movie it was wonderfully stupid i thought mm-hmm. um and so uh yeah did you um were you were you satisfied with the twist at the end I, I was I was satisfied. I liked it. Um, and and then it was and then it was revealed that the um the you know the the trap that was going on while alongside the the cop storyline what actually happened was actually the very first trap that Jigsaw ever did. Yeah, and it happened before any of the other movies. Um, and you get to see them making the reverse, but making yeah he, he yeah. Uh, there's a scene where he's they they're making it they're, he's constructing it and. Uh, yeah, and uh, the the guy, um, like you said, the guy was put in that very first trap. The guy, who, the coroner, who ends up like, you know, the get off the floor scene, um, and uh, I, he he ends up being the guy in the first scene who, in the very first trap in the in the in the um, in the movie, he is, just doesn't wake up. He just doesn't. Everyone <laughs> wakes up, and they're all um, getting pulled towards these like like saws that are gonna like cut them open, and uh, they have to figure out that they have to like give their blood. Mm-hmm. And then it'll stop it, and then they can unlock themselves and go. And just the one guy, and it's the guy who's the corner, and he just doesn't wake up. Yeah. And he just gets pulled towards it, and he's like, oh, and he finally gets up at the very end, and it's, and you think that he dies. Right. But then it's revealed that Jigsaw comes in after everyone else leaves, and he's like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to help you. Or then well, he gets him to work for him. And, and I like the logic he says of like, he didn't think somebody should have to pay for such an honest mistake. And I'm like, well, he didn't always stick to that principle. Because <laughs> <laughs> that thing was going around killing guys for feeling bad about the death of their son. Right. Like, he realizes, <laughs> like, that was one of his first victims. And he realizes, okay, maybe that was, like, a stupid thing to put you. But right. then he, like, he puts people in traps for literally no reason at all. Right. And, well, and, and this other movie 100% movies. takes Jigsaw's side. Because then he has, like, the yeah. nice little monologue at the end where he's like, we will never act out of vengeance or anger. And he's like, we will speak for the dead. And we have that little... But sometimes he moment. definitely acts out of vengeance. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, and then uh, we get our glorious final kill. A glorious the, final kill. Uh, the uh, cop, the laser beams come down. They Actual chop his, laser beams. Yes. Yeah. And they chop his head open from like every angle. His head just opens up like a flower. Blossoms up kind of in this, this sort of Demogorgon sort of, <laughs> yeah, sort looks of like thing. Yeah, it, it reminds me of Demogorgon because yeah, just... that was after Stranger Things came out. Uh, very CG heavy, you know. It's oh, not like what yeah. we've seen. Like, it looks a little weird, but also after so much after so much of this movie and the plot, just like to just see a head get annihilated. Honestly, <laughs> I was disappointed after the coroner s- supposedly died then it was revealed that he w- didn't actually die. I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to see like the effects of like the right. lasers but and then do. but then you do and it's very yeah. it's satisfying. Yeah. I do like I like it says one of my favorite exchanges in all the movies when the one guy's like, "But Jigsaw gave people a chance." And he's like, or he's like, "They gave him a choice." And he's like, "You do have a choice. Scream or don't or something like yeah. that." Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, he says, "I speak for the dead," which I guess is the new version of uh of game over yeah and then shuts the door and same music too <laughs> they go for the exact the, the this is the twist theme um and then it ends i think every saw movie ends on the cinematic equivalent of an orgasm like <laughs> every movie just like it's just the music's like and then the editing editing gets more rapid and then they just start cutting to things that you've seen throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. or whatever and then the editing just gets faster and then it goes game over <laughs> cuts to black and then the credits start rolling uh, so yeah we get that 
a version of that in this movie. A classic was, Saw ending. And yeah. I, 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 you know, too, I was kind of, again, I was kind of disappointed with the whole how he, how he did shut the door and had that whole thing, but he didn't say game over. He did not. It's really you know. just the game over thing that gets to me. I it's would just, appreciate somebody maybe just going a little further with the schlock, like the Saw 3D kind yeah. of angle. Because Jigsaw brought it a little bit home and made it a little more restrained. Yeah. Um, which I was okay with. It's still a good looking movie. It's still yeah. a welcome part of the series. The thing that disappoints me now is knowing that We'll never get something that intricate and close-knit as those Saw movies were in terms of the plot and how everything just tied into itself. Like, yeah. movie, everything's going to get soft rebooted now forever, you know? Because Jigsaw is essentially the soft reboot. It's like the Force, Force Awakens slash Jurassic World of the Saw movies. Sort of thing of. where it's like, it continue, it's continuing the story, but it's kind of like a modern, and, more modern And it doesn't movie. heavily depend on you having seen the other movies either. Right. It's pretty Like, you separate. can see them and then be like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we do have news now of a new one coming out. Chris Rock is writing. Uh, he, a new I, song. Apparently, they already finished filming it. That's what I heard. Really? I actually I did look it up on IMDb, IMDb and they have the, the whole the full cast. For yeah, it. it's um, uh, Samuel Jackson's in it. Samuel is Jackson right? is going to play a character in it. Yeah, but as of now, they haven't announced Tobin Bell being involved. Is that right? No. Um, I hope he is. I, I really hope, I hope he is. It's a and it might be one of those things because I noticed that like because well, I was looking at an IMDb and I noticed that IMDb does that like they'll they'll like have like the cast out for a certain movie yeah. and like everyone that you would see like in the trailer which a trailer hasn't come out for this yet um, but uh, I'm I'm anxiously waiting on that. Oh yeah, me too. Um, it should probably because the movie is slated to come out next year. Is it around this time next year? Like next um, October? It should be. I mean, Halloween. I mean, come on. Right, right. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Um, um, but usually, yeah, IMDb usually does this sort of thing where like they have like the whole cast there, like anyone who was announced or was in the trailer, and then once the movie comes out and it's revealed that somebody else was in it who you didn't think was gonna be in it, and then they kind of put that in the cast. So that might be that might right. be sort of that sort of thing where uh, they Tobin Bell does end up being in this, which I really hope he does. Yeah, it's. I feel I like think it would be kind of cool if they managed to get Carrie Elwes in it too, but. You know, that's kind of more of a stretch. I understand that if it's not Hall- if it's Halloween, it must be Saw. But I also think if it's Saw, it must be Tobin Bell. <laughs> uh, no, it, it looks like it's supposed to be come out in May of next year. So this May will be the first year. one. If, if it's summer, it must be Saw. If it's summer, yeah. Um, which I'm excited for. I'm definitely uh, excited for. It. Yeah, uh, Chris Rock wrote the story. And then is also starring in it alongside Chris uh, Samuel Jackson, and it's directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman, who did Saw two and three, mm-hmm. which uh, his visual style was really impressive because he does that those goofy transitions where like somebody will like fall through a thing of glass or something, and then it's like they fall into the next scene. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like. Which is uh, something that I really missed in the in the later movies. Yeah, I hope he brings that back. I hope he brings. I hope that's a thing. Um, and I definitely hope they bring Tom and Bell back. I think it would be a crime against humanity if they didn't. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see where this one goes. If it's going to be more of like a jigsaw, where it's kind of more more uh, refrained and more more tr- trying to trying to be a little bit more serious with, but obviously it's still a saw movie. Yeah. Or if, or if, I mean, knowing Chris Rock, it might just they might just go all out and do more of a saw 3D where they just kind right. of just go completely campy and and gore and which I'm happy with. You which know? I'd be happy with either one really, but um, we'll see. I guess. Um, as far as that goes, yeah. I, I, I uh, are you doing anything May fifteenth of twenty twenty? Um, I'm I'm seeing the new Saw movie. I'm <laughs> me too. <laughs> Coincidentally, me too. We should go together. We should get some punch beforehand, and then just go. we should. That's a been a, it's been a tradition. It has been a tradition. Um, yeah. So I think these movies are great. I think they are a perfect binging material. Oh wait, great binging material. As it says in the back of this um 
this uh, Saw collection, Blu-ray collection, the film franchise that redefined the horror genre. Yeah, I'd have yeah. to. I honestly have to quite. quite I would agree. agree. With that. Get uh, there's new collections out there of all eight movies, mm-hmm. uh, which I do Jigsaw. intend to get. Yeah, I think you can get it like Best Buy or something. It's probably pretty. It's probably like fifteen, ten, fifteen dollars or something right now, right? So um, yeah, uh, why not? Um, and yeah, these movies are a lot of fun. And they... if you haven't seen the Saw movies and you're a sucker for gore and just just unadulterated gore and, and blood and <laughs> just perverse gore and and, and, and porn and acting, <laughs> un- unnecessarily intricate storylines too. Uh, yeah, and everything really connects together. And if you just... watch them. As a marathon, you'll really get the benefit. And that's what I—that's what I ended up doing. I saw the first one with you, and then you—you you lended me your collection, and I just—I took it. Took me like a week, and I just got through all yeah. of them, watched them one after another, and it's—it uh, was very—it uh, was very gratifying. Yeah. So uh, this spooky season, uh, if it's Halloween, it must be Saw. If it's, so it must be Saw. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Saw movies before we're done? Um. Honestly, I'd—I've—if I had to choose a favorite horror franchise right now. I'd probably have to say it's a Saw mm. franchise. Uh, there's a lot of great ones I do out love there. Saw. And it's one of the only actually horror franchises where I've seen not just the first movie or not just a random one that someone showed me, but I've seen mm. every single one, and I love all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. Some ironically, some not ironically. Some unironically, yeah. And, yeah they're and, all a good and, time. and they're not all as, as great as some of the other ones. There are some that are just kind of these classic moments that I, I will always remember and... Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of this franchise, and I definitely recommend it for anyone who uh, is even slightly interested in. It. Yes. So. Yeah, and it's one of those franchises that I think just has so much longevity to them. Like it's like even if the movies aren't good, like I will watch one every I single will keep, year. Same I will, with Final Destination. Like the, I will watch it if it if there's a movie every single year, I'll be there opening night. Oh, definitely. Um, and uh, maybe not my favorite. It might just get edged out by Evil Dead, which I might be doing an episode on pretty soon. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely go see the Saw movies. Definitely at least see the first one. It's a at solid least the, fir- movie. the first one is a legitimately good one, if and I do of- actually suggest that. Um, even if you're not a huge fan of the gore and stuff, it is a good legitimate movie, and yeah. I think so. I, at fan least see that one. Independent horror, you know, thrillers. Definitely, stuff like it's, that. A, it's got a very indie kind of low budget vibe to yes. it. Yes, um, yeah. So. Uh, just like this podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, thanks so much for doing this, Brayden. Right, no problem. It's my pleasure to be on this. Okay, we got to come back and we'll talk about uh, the Chris Rock movie. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll if we don't do that. Final Destination first, I, mean, I just want to do that right. someday too. Final Destination and uh, yeah. Leprechaun. Oh, we're definitely doing. We're Leprechaun. definitely doing Leprechaun. Tune in around St. Patty's. Around St. Patty's Day, you'll uh, uh, get a very special Leprechaun episode. Oh yeah, that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, <laughs> if you want to actually hear me talk about movies that I might have some contempt for, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll wait for Leprechaun. All right, all right, man. Thanks. Yep. Bye. And that does another episode of We Are Movies. Thank you so much to Brayden for coming on. Uh, Stay tuned for that Leprechaun episode. We will definitely do that, and that'll probably be about ten times as fun, and uh, we'll definitely be about ten times drunker, too. So um, look forward to that. Um, If you enjoyed this, uh, feel free to uh, subscribe to us wherever you're at. Uh, You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at uh, just the name We Are Movies. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at We Are Movies Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Johnny Mockney and also on Twitter and Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney. Um, And uh, yeah, go follow Braden on stuff too. He's a fun guy. He's pleasant. 
Um, he's got a cute face. If you want to f- follow people on Instagram with 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 faces in their pictures, uh, go do that. And um, yeah, watch the Saw movies as well. Uh, amongst all the other things that you'll be doing this uh, this fall, I'm going to try to fit in some more spooky episodes uh, before the end of October to take take good advantage of this season. Um, before going back to uh, our regularly scheduled programming. So that's all for this week. I'll see you in the next. And uh, until then, just remember that if it's Halloween, it must be We Are Movies. <laughs>